In an attempt to strengthen academic support to students and stop the revolving door syndrome in higher education, where large numbers of students drop out without completing their qualifications, a recent study by Mangosutu University of Technology researchers identified the reconfiguration of the tutoring program to be sustainable and efficient as a possible solution to improving student support. The co-authors, Piwa Ingosi Gumede, Acting Senior Director of the Teaching and Learning Development Centre, as well as Mashango Sitole, Coordinator of the Peer Assisted Learning and Foundation Provision, the study that a sustainable and effective tutorship program characterised by qualified and well-trained tutors, stable policy, adequate resources, effective coordination of the activities and cooperation amongst key role players could really be effective in assisting students. Mr. Mashango Sitole is on the line to talk to us further about this, but I would imagine this study effectively confirms in one document what ultimately is what teaching and learning support is all about to then take care of the most critical aspect of what any university is all about, facilitate for learning, research, and the development of society through the information that is available. Surely that's a yes, Mr. Sitole. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Sobezo. Um, absolutely. That's true. Um, and it's also, you know, given the background that um, the, the, the recent information tells us that you are looking at over 40% of what students in South Africa that don't complete their qualifications. And you're also looking at um, about 22% of students who achieve a three-year degree within three years. So that, that's quite a very low percentage in terms of the graduation and throughput rates. So that is where the the issue of tutoring really comes in as a significant mechanism to ensure that, you know, we ameliorate some of these challenges and provide the most required requisite support for first-year students because if you look at their background, one of the major issues is that they come from the, you know, the high school system underprepared for higher education. So that is why we, um, you know, conducted this study to really look at uh, the sustainability of tutorship because a whole lot of institutions, even beyond MUT, uh, tutorship programs are used across as one of the central mechanisms to, you know, for student support programs. You, you talked about these percentages. Are these figures true for... MUT specifically, or are these nationwide figures? In other words, the 40% who don't complete their degrees, is, is that a national figure or an MUT figure? And the 23 who finish their three-year degrees within the prescribed three-year period as well. I'm just trying to understand if this is an isolated figure or if this is representative of what higher education in South Africa is challenged with. Actually, these figures from the are national figures. The they had in 2019, they released a report based on the 2020, I mean, 2010 cohort. Mm. So it's a national figure. Let's talk about the fact that on average we're talking about 160,000 seats at a university or positions available in the 26 higher institu- institutions of higher learning. Mm. If you are telling me 40% who go there every year are not coming through, I mean... First of all, those 160,000 are not representative of the majority of those who left grade 12, of those who started grade 8, of those who finished grade 7, of those who started at grade 0. In other words, those many 
who started the education system, okay, um, 18 plus 3, 21, 22. For 22 years, you've got people who are leaking through the system. And even at the ultimate and just as critical a stage, that's the migration from learning, consumption of education, state investment in the individual, to that individual repaying back by being active in the economy from 22, 23 upwards. Out of 160,000, you've got something like between 60 and 70,000 not making it. This is now every year. So we're talking about the law of diminishing returns. There's no way to build a society, is it? Yes, you're absolutely correct. Because um, this 40% dropout is just a small representative of the ones that do get access into our education. So if you drill it down into... Uh, you know, from the whole schooling system, uh, the percentage is actually quite high. And uh, I think this is something that deserves, you know, quite much attention because um, as it is, it looks like, uh, you know, it's a national crisis. We can't have, uh, uh, you know, 40% of first days, you know, dropping out. And even those who are staying within the system, uh, the national figures show us that there is a minimal a percentage of those who complete, you know, for instance, a three-year degree within three years. Mm. So even within the system itself in higher education, we we have serious challenges that we, you know, that need to be addressed because uh, the percentages in terms of graduate and dropout rates are very low. And if you combine with the dropout rates, uh, you are looking at uh, an even higher figure of students who are struggling uh, in higher education. We are in conversation with Mr. Mashango Sitola, coordinator of the Peer Assisted Learning and Foundation Provision at the Teaching and Learning Development Center at Mangosuti University of Technology, talking about the study he co-authored with Dr. Piwayingosi Kumed. Study identifies strengthening tutoring as key to students' academic success. Some of the figures that this engagement has already revealed at a minimum of breathtaking, of course, it does become worse. But Mr. Mashango, let's talk about the fact that we are even talking about disparities within the higher education setup. So what is true for MUT, University of Zululand, might not necessarily be true if we just stay in KZN for UKZN, particularly Harvard College campus or Peter Maritzburg campus, um, and maybe to that extent as well, the former Durban Westville campus. And if you talk about South African institutions of higher learning, they certainly do follow a pattern in terms of historically where they come from to where they are right now and the challenges associated with ultimately facilitating for easy entry and the prescribed time exit of that student with the right qualification that makes him or her now able to contribute to the economy. How, how, how much of the historical questions are manifesting in some of these figures? In other words, how much of the student typically from MUT, Zululand, Forte, Venda, um, Turfloop would be at a deficit over one t traditionally from Stellenbosch, from UCT, from Witz and Pretoria? Yeah, thank you for that question. Actually, the, uh, if you look at what is called the historically disadvantaged institutions, uh, which are mostly the institutions that you just mentioned, um, there is a common trend because of the commonality in terms of the catchment areas where we get these students because they mostly come from your, you know, underprivileged backgrounds. Even the high school system is not the same 
as the majority of those who would go to your traditional, uh, you know, in South African terms, big five, your UCT and back. So what we are seeing in terms of the data that we have is that there's a common trend, uh, especially amongst your historically uh, disadvantaged uh, institutions because of uh, some of these are exacerbated by the lack of resources because once they come into the system, you need quite a huge you know, pool of resources for you to be able to assist, to assist these students because they come from you know, um, a disadvantaged background. So <clears throat> in general, that is the trend that you are seeing. Uh, of course, context might differ uh, slightly, mm. but uh, the biggest difference that you are seeing is that your historically disadvantaged institutions, they have a similar trend as compared to your other institutions. And all of this makes it that much more important for when a student is not in the lecture room itself, where the instruction is taking place, there needs to be extracurricular activities that are support to the curriculum itself from a language perspective, engaging the infrastructure that a university requires a student to be conversant with and to be comfortable with so that he or she can actually be able to research and engage what happens in the instruction. Finally, how important is that? In other words, truly, learner support in every sense. How important is that to ensuring that when a lecturer presents to a student and the student presents in class, he or she is in optimal shape? That's my final question. Uh, absolutely. Um, the learner support is, is, is very much critical given the background that these students are coming from. Uh, so institutions would, for, for instance, have writing center support, language centers, uh, tutor programs, which are all aimed at assisting the students. And we are also seeing these days uh, programs such as digital literacy programs, uh, which assist students from backgrounds where they did not even have computers, so they come in, they, they get taught computers. So in, in a nutshell, and the especially your the type of institutions like MUT, they need more support uh, so that we can be able to you know provide support for the kind of students that we are taking into the system and make them a success. Very well. Thank you so much for your research. My hope now is for your research to be widely distributed, particularly the deans of the faculties, but especially deans of students, those spaces where the student interest is foremost in that institution so that we can develop from this. And I think this is critical, more especially against the challenges in higher education in this country. Mr. Sitola, thank you so much for your great work. Thank you so much. 22 on the dot. How's that, Greg? Good night, everybody.